You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. All right, keep your Bibles out, Luke chapter 15, and we'll primarily stay in that passage this morning. Uh, but here as we look at this very familiar uh, passage of Scripture, we find a passage that is packed full of wisdom. Uh, there are so many, so many applications uh, that we can glean uh, from this passage of Scripture, much wisdom, much instruction. Uh, we can find instruction for the, for the wondering, uh, those trying to figure out which direction that they're going to go. Uh, for those who are wandering, they have, they have taken some paths, they've taken some steps, going a wrong direction, and we can see some uh, instruction for them. Uh, we can see instruction for the father and what to do as a dad uh, and how to deal with the pressures of rearing a family uh, for God. Uh, we can look at uh, some instruction for not just the father, but also for the family. Uh, things that you can learn as a family unit uh, as problems come our way. We can look at the rebel and see how the rebel has, has lived and the decisions they have made and how that rebellion has chosen a path. But we can also see the, the result of the repentant. And just uh, amazing how God can work. And we can glean so much this morning from this. So no matter where you are at in those many groups, all of us can grow this morning. And all of us can be helped this morning. And, you know, as I, as I uh, prepared this message and thinking about dads for Father's Day, um, I, am, I am so thankful for the, the dads uh, that we have in our church. And I'm thankful for the dads that have invested in those of you who are here. And some of those relationships with dad might not be fun. And unfortunately, more so than Mother's Day, Father's Day tends to bring up more anxiety, more bitterness than really any other holiday. And unfortunately, the broken family is no longer the dysfunctional family. The broken family is the normal. Many of us here today, very few have not grown up in a broken home. If you did not grow up in a broken home, you are, you are the minority. And with that, there are so many hurts that are there. Someone once said, you can choose to honor or you can choose to forgive. You know what? There, are, there is something good in everybody. And unfortunately, some, as we look at the relationships of, of dad, dad may not have been there for you. Unfortunately, there are some who have been abused, and there have been injuries. 
uh, emotional, physical injuries. There have been hurts that have been substantial. And this morning, I just want to help all of us because we have a God who is a healing God. He's a healing God. And he, he tells us that we can bring all of our cares to him. We can bring those hurts to him. He said, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. And let me tell you something this morning. The Lord cares for you. He cares for you this morning. And this morning, if you have uh, fond memories uh, of your dad, praise the Lord. This morning, if you have hurts and memories of things that are injurious to you, let me tell you, there is a heavenly father that can, can be all that your earthly father has not been. And he will never leave us, he will never forsake us, and he will always do right. He will always be there for us. And so this morning, though, we're not going to look at the injuries. Uh, we are gonna, we're going to look at some, some things that I, I think will be a help to all of us. Uh, I know in my life there are things that I look back at I wish I could change. Is anybody else like that this morning? All of us have failures. All of us have things that if we could go back, we would do them differently. Uh, but we can't. None of us can and maybe you're a dad and you weren't there for your family. Maybe you are a child and your dad was not there for you. We can't change the past, but we can deal with where we are at right now. And we can make changes in our own heart and in our own mind. And, uh, and that process of, uh, of uh, growing in our faith. And we know that there is uh, there are a vacuum uh, of relationships in our society, and the homes have broken down, uh, and that has brought much injury to, to our nation uh, and to the people of our nation. Uh, but, but here, when we look at Luke chapter 15, this morning I want to speak to you on the subject. When we look at the prodigal son, I, wanna, I want you to uh, look at, today we're going to look at what dad did right, what dad did right. The prodigal son that is dad. Uh, what dad did right. And let's pray together. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Uh, may you be honored. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, we would all grow in our faith this morning. I pray that our relationships would be strengthened. I pray uh, with you, uh, with others, and just help us today uh, as we look at some things here about what this uh, prodigal son uh, his dad, what he did right. And so help us, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. Uh, you know, when I look back over my child-rearing days, there are things that I wish I could have done differently. I would look back, and there are things that I would uh, go back and say, okay, I would, I would change this. I would do this a little bit differently. Isn't it amazing how God gives us kids in our youth when we're broken, when we're dumb? And then when we uh, grow and mature and we have the financial stability, uh, we have the, the finances to be able to do things, and then we have uh, a little bit more wisdom, uh, then we are beyond the child-rearing years. Uh, but uh, God, God has a plan there. But, uh, you know, no matter where you are at and looking back over things that you might wish you could have changed or which uh, would have been different, 
uh, we, can, uh, we can all grow as we look at these passages. So this morning, we're going to look at 24 things that Dad did right. And Brother Brian preached uh, this last week, and you were out here by like uh, 20 till 12. Uh, he was already an invitation right now. Uh, I'm not letting out. Uh, so anyway, we'll be here till uh, uh, we should be done by 2 o'clock. Uh, just kidding, uh, just kidding. But here, what dad did right? Number one, he married right. He married right. Uh, and you say, Pastor, what do, you, what do you mean by that? He married a woman. He married a woman. You know what? We live in a world where there is so much confusion. The family can't be right if we don't start off right. And no matter what the uh, culture of our day says, uh, marriage is between a man and a woman. Amen. Uh, man and a woman. He started out, and he started out right uh, with the family. It was, it was mama and it was daddy. Uh, and that was, that's before you have kids. That's still God's plan. Uh, and so here he married right, uh, and he, he chose a woman. Uh, Matthew chapter 19, verse 5. I've got a bunch of verses I'm going to share. You can write them down, but I'm just going to start reading Matthew 19, 5. Uh, and said, for this cause shall a man leave father and mother, shall cleave unto his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Ephesians 5, 31, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. Uh, and when we look at this, God's plan is still for one man and one woman. That's God's plan. Uh, and what did dad do right? Dad married, the man married a woman. And that's how the family unit is is supposed to be. That has not changed. Amen. Uh, no matter what our world, what our culture has embraced or has accepted, uh, we've got to choose what does God say. Now, I'm not saying we, be, we are hateful to someone who is looking at uh, this differently, but the reality is believers need to believe what God says. And we should not be, we should not be fearful of standing for truth. You know, just preaching this message and hitting this one point, uh, we have uh, how many social media platforms and YouTube and the websites and Facebook uh, that this is being put out on. Let me tell you, the world does not like the message uh, that uh, uh, marriage is between man and woman, uh, but that is God's plan. And we've got to be willing to stand for that. That's, that's truth. That is true. And anything that is not true is error. It's error. And so uh, no matter what somebody's feelings might say, and we, we might know people that we love. We might have family members that have not, uh, do not embrace uh, this teaching. Uh, but it's biblical teaching. And you and I, we can't change what truth is just because we want to be acceptable or we want to uh, affirm somebody else's decisions. Uh, we don't affirm unrighteousness. You have to stand for what is true. Uh, he married right. Uh, and what do we find? We find that the world we live in has become such an immoral place. 
fornication, which is a sexual sin uh, outside marriage, and it's any type of sexual sin is inclusive in that. Uh, and and God, God hates that. Uh, and so 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 2 says, Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. That's the plan. Uh, that's what God's plan is for uh, intimacy and relationship. Uh, it's between uh, man and woman, and it's between husband and wife uh, after marriage, not before. Uh, and that hasn't changed. That's what God's plan is. Uh, but we live in a world that has become so perverted. Romans chapter 1. The Bible says in verse 27, And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. And, and, and here we just see the condemnation uh, of this unrighteousness uh, of homosexual behavior. And that's not God's plan. Uh, and so what did dad do right? Uh, dad married right. He married right. And moms, dads, we need to be careful on what we are putting before our children. We need to be careful on what in, who the influencers are that are in their life. Uh, let me tell you, tell you something. Uh, TV and the device is not a good babysitter. The amount of innuendos, the amount of, uh, of, uh, of, of sinful, deviant behavior that is pushed. It's unbelievable. I mean, the Buzz Lightyear, uh, New Disney, uh, they've got a homosexual scene there, uh, two men kissing. God help us. Disney is no longer a wholesome place. It's, it, is, it is vile. And, and here we, we look at that. Uh, we've got to wake up. We've got to wake up. What did dad do right? Dad married right. Praise the Lord. Uh, what did dad do right? Secondly, he chose life. He chose life. Uh, dad was pro-life. Uh, Luke 15, 11, he said unto, and he said, a certain man had two sons. He chose life. You know, we shouldn't have been quiet right there. Their life is God's plan. He is the giver of life. Amen. We're in a Baptist church. You can say amen. Shake your head. All right. If it steps on your toes, say, oh me, oh my. Uh, but truth is truth. And here, when we look at this, uh, we, we see uh, dad chose right. He chose life. And there are many a woman who has, uh, has had the pressure of a man pressuring them uh, to abort a baby because they were not willing to take on the financial responsibility or the leadership responsibility of leading a family and, and growing up and taking care of a family. And, and I know, I love you ladies, and I know there are ladies that are sitting here this morning who have had abortions, and I love you, uh, and I know you cannot change the past, but we are not going to affirm the loss of life because we love people that have made bad decisions. Amen. 
And God chooses life. He is the giver of life. And here we found, uh, we find a man who had two sons. Uh, he chose life. Uh, you know, uh, the, the uh, infanticide is not new. You think back even into the Old Testament. They were taking their children and they were throwing them into the mouth uh, of, of Molech. Uh, they were taking uh, their children and burning them in the fire uh, as a sacrifice. Uh, and people historically have given up the life of their child. Uh, and why do they do that? Uh, sometimes it is because of convenience. Sometimes it is because of finance. Sometimes it's because of a lifestyle that they do not want to change. Aren't you glad your parents chose life amen amen and, and with that uh, the the uh, dad what did he do uh, he chose life thirdly what's some other things that dad did right uh, look at verse number 12 Luke 15 12 uh, he was a good steward dad was a good steward and the younger of them said to his father father give me the portion of goods that falleth to me and he divided unto them his living. Now notice here, he divided unto them, plural. So now what dad has done, he has divided everything up between his two boys. Now the older son was going to receive a double portion. So he would get two thirds, the younger son would get one third. And here his dad is, is looking at his entire wealth, uh, his, his property and his herds and his resources, his house. Uh, here now he is going to divide them up. And he is in a position where he can take and grab one third and cash it out and give it to his son, his youngest son. For somebody to be in that spot financially, they had to have saved. For somebody to be able to, to do that, there has been some good stewardship. Because now what you're saying is, uh, just think about yourself. If you took your net worth, your house, and your bank accounts, and your possessions, and if you were going to liquidate them, to be able to grab a third of it and just cash out while you still keep everything. That is, that is, not, a, that is not a position that many people would be in. What do we find? We find that this man was a good steward. You know what? Uh, dads, we need to be good stewards. We need to be good stewards. And, and this stewardship uh, was, was not just a, it was not just a month in, in February. We have stewardship month every February. Uh, and with that, stewardship and budgets, those are not things that should just be something that we look at one time a year. And here we look at this dad. What did dad do right? Dad was a good steward. Amen. You know what, dads? We need to be good stewards. I'm all for buying a gun. I'm all for buying a few of them. I have been saving for one. Uh, and uh, you say, what do you need one for? Uh, just, uh, just an extra, just another one. And how many? 
just one more, just one more. Uh, and so, uh, but, but the reality is, we've got to be good stewards. We've got to, we've got to save. We've got to be, we, we need to be a good steward. This man could not have divided this substance if he would have been in debt. Now, let me, let's, let's be real honest. We are going into a recession in our country right now. They are saying before summer is over, we will be paying $9 a gallon of gas. That's unbelievable. It's already going on down in the bay. You know what? If we are not being good stewards, that's going to sneak up on us and it's going to bury us. You know what stewardship is? Stewardship is being a good manager. And the Bible says that a, a diligent man, he foreseeth the evil afar off and hideth himself. Uh, a prudent man. Uh, what do we find? Uh, we see something that is uh, a problem coming our way. Uh, the, anal- the analysts are now saying that the, the economy is in a dangerous position. They are using the term dangerous. You know what stewardship says? I better start making some adjustments. Amen. Being a good steward, it's important. And being the steward that we are supposed to be. You know what? When problems come and all of a sudden that dollar does not stretch as far as it once did, and it definitely isn't right now, uh, what do we find? Uh, If we're not careful, we can come to a place where we look heavenward and say, well, Lord, you know, I just don't have enough to give you anything. You know what? That happens. You know, right now, and... Praise the Lord. Our offerings, God, God's people have been faithful, and thank you for that. And God blesses you for that. God honors you for that. But, but right now, America as a whole gives less as a percentage than they did during the Great Depression of the 1930s. In the 1930s, the average giving was 3%. And we as Americans do not even give that. God help us. God help us. They say that churches are hindered because of manpower and money. Those two. And that's a reality. And, and with that, and, and we believe, we believe the Bible. We believe and we have put the Lord to the test in our, in our church, in our family. And we teach stewardship and, and we've got people that, have, that believe in being good stewards and thank the Lord for that. But the tithe is the Lord's. It belongs to him. It is the Lord's. It belongs to him. Uh, and it is called the first fruit. It comes off the First, the tithe goes to him first. Uh, Then we figure out all the other bills. It's not the other way around. And we need to be good stewards. But this dad, uh, he was a good uh, steward. Uh, Moms and dads, uh, you need to get out of debt. Get out of debt. Figure out a way to pay things off. Uh, If you have to sell a gun, guys, sell the gun. Make sure you still have one, but... If you've got to take on an extra side hustle, take on another side hustle. 
Get out of debt. Especially right now. With this extra inflation that is going on. Don't just bury your head and just act as though everything will still be okay. Maybe you got to cut off Disney. Yeah, maybe that would be a great idea. And Netflix. Maybe, maybe you got to get rid of a cell phone or two. Hello? Man, we're, we're not even Baptist anymore. Maybe it's you keep the cell phone and you get rid of your internet. We've, we've got to start making some decisions. Maybe there's a car that you can get rid of. I'll promise you that, that if I had to sell a car, if I had to get a third job, my kids would never be in the public school system. Amen. And parents, if you've got children that, that are young right now and need to be in, in, in Christian school, man, start saving right now. Start putting it away. Start making payments to the Christian school. You do what you've got to do, but don't allow the devil to get your kids. Cease, my son, to hear instruction from them that causeth thee to err from the words of life. Proverbs 19, 27. And uh, Psalm 1. Uh, but here uh, we see this, this uh, uh, man. He was a good uh, steward. Uh, I'm going to have to skip through some of these. Uh, number four, uh, he showed tough love. What did dad do right? He showed tough love. He showed tough love. You know, you're not always going to agree with your kids. And your kids aren't always going to agree with you. But as long as they're in your house, you are responsible for what goes on within those walls. I don't care if they're 30 years old. They're not, they're not smoking pot in my house. Amen. They're not drinking in my house. Come on now. They're not being immoral in my house. Amen. Moms, dads, God's holding you responsible for what goes on in your home. If I can be bold enough here to stand up here and say it, you can be bold enough to say amen. But you've got to be bold enough to, to say what's right and acceptable within the walls within your walls. You say, well, my, my house is my walls. It's my kingdom. Uh, yes, it is, but you will give an account. Know for all these things that thou wilt give an account. Uh, and, and we know uh, that uh, Luke 15, 13, the Bible says, and not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. Uh, and when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. Dad wasn't gonna let him live riotous at dad's house. If he was going to go that direction, he had to go somewhere else. Amen. But we see, it says, and when he had spent all, 
there arose a mighty famine in that land. He began to be in want. And when he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine, and he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Too many parents bail their kids out. Don't bail them out. Don't bail them out. I'm not saying don't love them. I am saying the reproofs of life are an instructor. The instruction that comes from making wrong decisions. Uh, my dad, uh, Pops, he would not carry a credit card. When he and mom got married, uh, they, got, they got into some financial uh, trouble and Pops would not, after that time, he paid those credit cards off. He said, I am done. He would not carry a credit card. Now, later, mom decided to start carrying a credit card, but pops wouldn't. He was, he was not going to get back into that spot. Uh, mom, when they would travel, do you remember the, uh, the uh, traveler's checks? You know, pops was like, I won't even do a traveler's check. It's going to be cash. Uh, and uh, what was it? The reproof of life taught him something. You know what? The reproofs of life will teach our kids something. But if we keep bailing them out, we're going to keep bailing them out, and we're going to keep bailing them out. And now we've got 50 and 55-year-olds and 60-year-olds that are still living, and living off mom and dad. God help us. You're not helping your child. We, and I'm not saying there aren't situations and there's health issues and there's all kinds of different scenarios, but, but too often parents want to bail their kids out and they don't learn. Tough love. That's hard. Nobody wants to have a child that's homeless. You remember Miss Sandra? She's with the Lord right now. But Miss Sandra, she had a child that was an addict. She had to make a decision on whether she was going to keep bailing that child out or not. You know, what a, what a hard place to be. But sometimes it is only the reproofs of life that you can you can see those changes. You know, and it's a blessing when you see the, the harshness and that tough love that appears so harsh. It's a blessing when you see it turn around and you see them grow and you see them make the decisions because we see that uh, in this situation. Uh, but uh, fifthly, what did dad do right? He stayed when his son strayed. He stayed. He stayed on the porch. He didn't go anywhere. You know what? If your kids go a wrong direction, don't change. Because there's coming a day where they're going to want to come back. And if you are no longer where you are supposed to be, they have nowhere good to come back to. You've got, to, you've got to stay. You've got to be where you're supposed to be. Uh, God has given you a life, and your life is not just your kids. 
not just the kids. And there is a life that we have to be a good steward of, allowing the Lord to use us. And, and unfortunately, sometimes our kids go the wrong way. Sometimes uh, we see those that have been given so much astray. Uh, but here, what do we find? Luke 15, 17. And when he had come to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son, make me as one of thy hired servants. Uh, kids, uh, they, they have no idea what kind of strain they put on the parents when they stray. But when mom and dad stay where they're supposed to be, they know where they can come home to. And having that consistency, having that faithfulness gives them a place to come back to Foolish decisions and hurts, they weigh heavy on the parents. And they know the hurt it's going to cause their children and their grandchildren. But here we see this father, he stayed. And the son said, I will arise and go to my father. He knew where dad was. Dad was faithful. Dad was consistent. Dad was where he was supposed to be. And don't let your children's failures cause you to lose your faith. Amen. Uh, our faith is true. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And we've got to hang on to our faith. And don't let, let our children cause us to lose our faith. Don't let your children's failures cause you to be unfaithful. Amen. So dad stayed when his uh, son strayed. Uh, sixthly, I don't have 24. I've just got eight. All right. So we're just about there. Uh, number six, and he, uh, he had faith his son would return. What did dad do right? He had faith his son would return. Uh, what do we find? Verse 18, I will arise, go to my father, will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as thy hired servant. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell upon his neck and kissed him. Uh, what happened? The father stayed on the porch, but he was looking down the road. He didn't lose hope that his son was coming home. And he kept on uh, having that faith. Uh, his faith was going to come. Uh, his, he had that faith that his son was going to come back. Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Uh, you know that teaching that you taught? Uh, your kids might not be following it, but they can't get away from the teaching. They can't get away from it. Uh, God's word is true. And what do we want? We want the Holy Spirit of God to take his word and work in the hearts and draw people to himself. And uh, this dad, he kept looking down the road. He didn't lose faith in his son. Uh, he didn't lose faith in his faith. Uh, God's ways are always good. God's ways are always good. You know, moms, have you ever cooked something and you did the exact same thing you did every other time 
but it was a flop. And you just wonder, what just happened? Sometimes in our, within our homes, we can have the same mom, the same dad, the same teaching, the same preaching, the same faithfulness. And one goes right, another one goes wrong. You know, we've just got to keep our faith. Our faith is worthy. God is worthy of our faith. He is faithful. There is this thing called personal responsibility. And one day, we will all stand before the Lord for ourselves. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. So here, uh, what did dad do right? He had faith that his son would return. Number seven, he was forgiving. He was forgiving. Look at verse 20. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell upon his neck and kissed him. And his son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Uh, but the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hands and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead in his alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Dad's pride didn't cause him to, to be uh, bitter against his son. There was no I told you so. You know what? When we stray we don't need anybody to tell us, I told you so. There wasn't a, you knew better. There wasn't any response of, I knew it was going to turn out this way. There was no, you embarrassed me. That's a big one, isn't it? But here, what do we find? We find that dad, he was forgiving. He embraced his son, gave him the, the robe, put a ring on his finger, killed the fatted calf. He threw a party. He was rejoicing. You know what? When someone strays and they come back, they don't need, boy, it took you long enough. They don't, they don't need, where have you been? Somewhere. Where have you been? Somewhere. They don't, they don't need that. They don't need the look of accusation. You know, as a church family, uh, we, have, we have some of our kids that uh, go out into the world. Uh, I'm thankful when they come back. And they don't, need, they don't need anything but forgiveness. 
Peter came to the Lord, and Brother Frank and I were talking about this. Uh, Peter came to the Lord and said, Lord, uh, how oft, uh, if my brother offend me, how oft shall I forgive him? Till seven times? And Jesus said, no, till 70 times seven. Forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive. He said, till 70 times seven, 490 times? Just don't keep track. Just forgive. Here we found Dad. He did some things right. Lastly, and I close. He was publicly loving. This is huge right here. This last month, I celebrated, finished 29 years of pastoral ministry. Over the years, the amount of people that I have stood at a funeral with, and they said, my dad never told me he loved me. I can't even count. I've heard that so many times. And there are people that are sitting here this morning that experience that same thing. And many times they'll say, well, I know he loved me, but he never told me. Here, what do we find? We find the father, he runs, he embraces his son, and he kissed him. Dads, openly share your love with your kids publicly tell your kids you love them. There's something about that relationship. And there is something powerful in those three words. I love you. You know what? We're going to practice. You ready? We're all going to say it together. It's really not that hard. You ready? I love you. Let's, let's do it again. That was a little bit awkward, all right? I love you. Let's try, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. You know, the I love yous and the I'm proud of you, those go so far. And this dad here, if we look at some of the things, and I've heard messages, I've probably preached them about what the, the prodigal's dad did wrong. But let me tell you something. He did a lot of good things. And he did a lot of right things. And we have done a lot of wrong things as parents. And we have had our failures. But we can take some of these things and we can learn from them. And here we find that this dad, he shared and showed his love. Your kids need it. See, when my kids are growing up, they still need to hear I love you. Well, it's, it's just awkward. I know. My pastor up in Washington, uh, Brother Mingi, he was, he was in the ministry. And he had to work up the courage to tell his dad he loved him. Because that, those words were never shared. And his wife, Miss Mingy, she, she was always after him. You better tell him you love him. 
Because there's coming a day when you won't be able to. When his dad died, he relayed to me how, how glad he was that he told his dad he loved him. You know what? Those words should not be hard. The hallmark of Christianity is love and forgiveness. Those, those two things sets Christianity apart. And it should be normal for a child of God to love. It should be normal for a parent to love. And it, that, that love needs not to just be a feeling that we possess. It needs to be words that we express. And here we see some things that dad did right. Now, maybe you're here this morning and dad's gone. Maybe you're here this morning and you didn't have that good relationship with dad. Maybe there isn't a close relationship and maybe there's been some, some injuries that are, that are irreplaceable. That love that our heavenly father has is one that we can experience. And we have never been loved greater than we can be loved by God. And if you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior, today's the accepted time. Behold, today is the day of salvation. What a better, what better day could a person get saved than on Father's Day and have God as your Heavenly Father. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the patience of those uh, that have listened and help us this morning uh, as we look at these things that Dad did right. Uh, and may you help us, uh, Lord, to make decisions in our lives. Maybe there's some changes that we need to make. Uh, maybe there's some uh, bridges that we need to try to rebuild. And, and so I pray that you would help us uh, in our lives and in our faith Heads bowed, eyes closed. You're here this morning. You say, Pastor, I'm a child of God. I know the Lord is my personal Savior. Uh, and you say, if I died right now, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'd go to heaven. I'm a child of God. Uh, just lift your hand up as a testimony to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All over the house, you put your hands down. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord is your personal Savior. You don't know that God is your Heavenly Father. You wish you had that, that experience of knowing him say pastor I'm unsure pray for me I'm not sure if I died I'd go to heaven but I'm concerned about it say that's me this morning nobody's looking around just slip your hand up let me pray for you pastor I'm unsure of my eternal destiny I see your hand you can put it down who else pastor I'm unsure I don't know I don't have that confidence that, that you seem to have uh, I don't know that if I died I'd go to heaven I'm concerned about it just pray for me just slip your hand up how about it, dads? How about it, moms? Maybe you're a child of God, but maybe those relationships, maybe there's some things that the Lord put his finger on in your life. The Lord spoke to your heart this morning. Let's do business with God. Father, you know the needs. You saw the hands that have been raised. You know the ones that should have and were not. Just speak to hearts and help us, uh, Lord, to uh, be who you'd want us to be. Grow us today, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. Let's stand together. The altars are open. Uh, if you raised your hand, let me, let me encourage you to come. Uh, pastors are down front. Maybe you just need someone to pray with you or uh, just talk to the Lord himself. You're welcome to come. Maybe you raised your hand unsure of your eternal destiny. 
raise your hand or just come forward. We'll have someone open up the Bible and show you what God has to say. Maybe you just want to make an altar out of that seat where you're at. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.